Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes from concern. I just got back from another day protesting in DC. I have a story to share with you from the day's protests. I spent my afternoon protesting with Concerned Citizens, which is an organization created by young people in an effort to voice their shared concerns and encourage others to join them. We first began our protest at Chase Bank, then headed to the White House, then moved on to the Metropolitan Police Department, and ended up on the steps of the Supreme Court. As our march came to an end tonight at the Supreme Court, we all began climbing the marble steps to listen to the last round of speeches by some of the founding members of Concerned Citizens. However, as soon as we set foot onto the stairs, to continue our completely peaceful protest, we were stopped by police officers rushing over to us. We were then informed that we were not allowed to be protesting on the marble stairs, but we were allowed to stay down below on the concrete sidewalk. They said that the marble serves as a barrier for protesters and that our cardboard signs prohibit us from coming any closer to the building. But again, that we were more than welcome to stay down below on the concrete. What a courteous and generous offer. We were told tonight to step off the marble stairs of the government building that we pay for because our peaceful protest against the innumerable injustices that have occurred in that exact building was not welcome on those expensive marble floors. Those police told us to step back from the marble stairs of the literal home of qualified immunity that has allowed dozens of police to commit murder while their victims, their families, and their entire communities never receive the justice they deserve. According to the U.S. government and the police force in this city, those damn marble floors matter more to us than black lives in this country. While we were told to stay off the stairs and given the very generous offer to continue our protest on the pavement, Concerned Citizens wasn't interested in being shoved off onto the sidewalk. So we marched on up those stairs anyway. This is a clip of Alea Eastmond, who is one of the founders of Concerned Citizens, reacting to the situation at the Supreme Court. Right now, there's a million and one things going through my mind. So I'm sure I won't be able to talk about it all. But I'm just really frustrated. I've been protesting out in D.C. and done a lot of racial justice work out here. I've even protested right here. But I've never seen police come to us and tell us, oh, you have to go on the sidewalk. They only have a problem when it's black people organizing protests. Because when I came here, they had no problem with me coming with my job and protesting against that man in that building that makes executive decisions, Brett Kavanaugh, who shouldn't be in that damn building anyway.
After listening to Alea speak, I hope you can understand why I have been obsessed with protesting with concerned citizens these past couple of days. The young people leading this organization are smart as hell, and although most of them are my age, I think I want to be them when I grow up. Concerned Citizens leads their marches with so much energy and anger and passion in their chants and their speeches. And I want to share a few clips from their protests with you now. This first clip is from a protest this past Friday and features Ty Hobson Powell, who is one of the founders of Concerned Citizens. He delivered this speech on the steps of the Wilson Building, which houses the executive office of the mayor of Washington, D.C., Mayor Bowser. I'm tired of living in a city where our mayor does more for Douglas development than for the black and brown bodies that live in it. I'm tired of living in America where Donald Trump sows the seeds of division every day. I am tired of it. I know you all are tired of it. That's why you're out here past the sexy activism stage. That's why this will sustain. Because you see, we're tired. We're tired of being tired. We're tired of having to come out here and do this every three months, every six months, every year, for a different son, for a different daughter, for a different cause, all underlying by the same wrong that is white supremacy in America. It's time to fight for radical change. It's time to sow the seeds of a new America. Thank you guys for joining the fight with us. That clip came from a protest on Friday, June 12th, which marked the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting, where 49 people were killed in Orlando. This event was the deadliest act of violence against LGBTQ people in the history of the United States. This next clip features Kyra Stevenson Valley, another founder of Concerned Citizens, who also spoke with Ty on the steps of the Wilson Building that night. Hi, my name is Kyra Stevenson Valley. I'm one of the core organizers here at Concerned Citizens. Woo Not for 
This last clip I want to share is a chant that Concerned Citizens leads at each stop along their marches. At the end of their speeches, like the ones you just heard, the women of Concerned Citizens stand together and recite this chant. Please take a listen to the audio of the chant now, and if you want to see a really powerful video of the women of Concerned Citizens reciting it, check it out on Instagram at Be The Change Podcast. It is our duty to fight for our freedom! It is our duty to fight for our freedom! It is our duty to win! It is our duty to win! We must love each other and support each other! We must love each other and support each other! We have nothing to lose but our chains! 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 after hearing them speak, I hope you can understand why I was so excited to have a conversation with two of the founders of Concerned Citizens, Kyra Stevenson Valley and Ty Hobson Powell. Kyra Stevenson Valley originally moved to school in New York, where she started getting involved in the social justice movement through campus activism. And after graduating, she moved to DC, where she met and was trained by Reverend Al Sharpton in civil disobedience. Kyra currently serves as a policy advisor for the National Action Network. Ty Hobson Powell was born and raised in Washington, D.C., and after graduating high school when he was 13 years old, he became the youngest graduate from the University of Baltimore at age 15. When I asked him about his background, he said that, ironically, before the movement, his job title was pretty much a concerned citizen. He worked as an activist on many different social justice issues, from campaigning against flavored tobacco, to rallying for increased workforce development programs across the city, to advocating for D.C. statehood. He currently serves as the Civic Engagement Coordinator at the University of District Columbia. I want to share some of my conversation with Kyra and Ty with you now. Let's get into your organization, Concerned Citizens. Can you tell us about the mission and the process behind creating your organization? We're just concerned citizens. We're just young people in the community who feel like the protests need to be about black lives and centering that message. The protests need to be about what we need to, to see equity in our communities. So we came up with a 10-point plan on it, of course, was arresting all of the officers who were responsible for the murder of George Floyd and the officers who were responsible for the murder of Breonna Taylor. And, um, of course, we've seen that those officers were arrested in the George Floyd case, but the Breonna Taylor's murder is still walk free today. We want to see that MPD is defunded. We think it's great um, that the mayor of D.C. has written Black Lives Matter 
uh, in front of the White House and changed that address to 1600 Black Lives Matter Plaza. But we want to see substantive change as well. Um, We know that this moment is very important, and we're trying to captivate that energy because we know it's also part of a movement. We know that this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. So it's great seeing all of the passion that's out in the street. We need to really captivate that and change it into substantive policy changes that will keep our community safe for generations going forward. When you look at the civil rights movement of the early 60s, they measure those wins in the legislation that came out of it, the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. So we need to see those same kinds of policy wins in this moment or we're just outside for exercise. So, Ty, in your speech at the Wilson Building yesterday, you mentioned how you're so tired of having to come out and protest again and again after these tragedies occur. And as activists, both of you, and compared to past protests, do you feel more optimistic about change coming as a result of this movement in particular? I think this movement in particular is a continuation of the movement that we've always been fighting against, the initial sin that had white people at a higher standard than black people in a way that is reflected in institutions. This movement is not a new movement. This movement is a continuation of the movement that Al Sharpton was doing years and years and years ago and is still on the forefront of today. This this movement is the movement that Martin Luther King was was, was fighting for. This is still a continuation of that. Um, so when, when you ask the question sort of what makes this I guess not this movement, but this season of this movement different. I would say we got a perfect storm when you look at uh, record unemployment, when you look at how COVID-19 swept the nation. You see, for so long, Americans, white Americans in particular, could say, oh, wow, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that. What makes it interesting now is that there's only two things on the news, coronavirus or Black Lives Matter. Your ability to plead ignorance now is gone. And so your silence, therefore, is you declaring a side. That's what makes this, I guess, more declarative of a season in this movement, is that right now it's, 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 it's more clear which side you stand on. Will you use your voice to stand out and be on the right side of history, or will you let your silence be violence? Will you let your silence be complicity as these atrocities are going on right now? It's, it's clearer to see... I guess what side of the line people stand on now. Even black celebrities. Even it's not just a, a black and versus white thing, right? It's more so like now the conditions are you can't have your normal day to day functions and the things that are distracting you as an excuse to not know. You now know. And now that you know, what are you doing with that knowledge? Are you standing for us? Are you standing with us? I think that right now, um there is there's a sort of a realization of identity that's going on on a large scale, political and social identity, uh, that's helping make this movement easier because there are, for those of us, like you saw yesterday, that came out yesterday past the sexy activism stage, we have seen those who are like-minded and we're willing to work with them until we get to the other side of this hill as it relates to social progress. A lot of young people have been inspired to get out and protest and post on social media. What advice do you have for young people who want to get involved and continue to support the movement? I would say for our specific movement, definitely follow us on Instagram 
at Concerned Citizens DC. Follow us on Twitter at Concerned of DC. Um, I would say it is something that we asked in our initial 10 ask is that not to many of the things you are concerned about to our concerns. Uh, our concerns will never be an exhaustive list of the concerns that are held by society. And so it's important that everyday concerned citizens activate their concern and go out into spaces and places where they can impact change. Talk to your AMC, your councilmen, councilwomen, mayors, other elected officials, and really just hold them accountable and keep this pressure going. I agree. I would say use your voice, tap into your power. Um, we're just, again, young people who came together. We met one night at a protest. I think that night we all got tear gas, and we were like, no, we're not going to continue to get tear gas while people aren't centering messages that we think are important right now. Um, and whoever felt that what we were saying was important could come and follow us and who wanted to talk about something else could talk about something else. But we want to make sure that our voices are heard right now. And I think that's important. Historically, these kinds of movements have been led by young people. We talk about Dr. King, but he was young when he started. You know, John Lewis, he's gray now, but he was young when he started. So it's on us. Do anything you can, fit in any way you can. If it's social media, sharing reliable sources, do that. If it's being out in the street, do that. But I said yesterday, don't march with me if you're not going to vote in November. And I know a lot of people don't have faith in the system, but if we're moving from, legis from demonstration to legislation and we know that policy change is the only way that we can make sure that we have something to hold people accountable with, we need to have people in office who represent our needs and who are accountable to us, and we cannot ensure that unless we vote. That is the vehicle we have right now. I'm all for, obviously, taking our anger and our passion to the street and, and being loud and making sure they hear us, but I want them to hear us in every possible way. Um, and I want them to hear us. I think that's why we've been really intentional at Concerned Citizen because we're here in D.C. We have the dual responsibility of being the voice and hear, letting people hear us in front of the federal government and our local government. That's why we start at the White House and we ended at the Wilson Building. You need to be participating in your local elections. You need to know who's on your school board of education. You need to know who your local council people are, who your local assembly people are, and keep their, your pressure on their neck the way they kept their pressure on George Floyd's neck. Because until they know that young people are watching them all the time and they can rely on young people showing out to vote, they won't be responsive to us. A lot of times in these conversations, they're like, okay, well, the young people aren't the ones voting. So, like, yeah, we'll do something performative for them, but we really want to keep our seat. That's currency for them. So be sure that we're the ones holding the purse and exercising our rights. It was so great to meet Kyra and Ty, and I'm looking forward to marching with them every day until their demands are met. To see this list of demands from concerned citizens, check out the link in the description of this podcast. My takeaway from this conversation is that change really does come from concern. But in order to be concerned, you have to be paying attention. Quarantine gave people more time to watch the news which broadcasted the murder of George Floyd and then scenes of the protests into millions of American homes. 
which then forced the public to finally come to terms with the uncomfortable reality that racism is far from dead in this country. Throughout this movement, I've been reminded of the quote, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. And Americans are finally paying attention and finally getting angry about the murder, the violence, and the injustice that has been swept aside by the press and the public time and time again. Concerned Citizens has taught me not only is it okay, but it's actually really great to be angry. But now is the time to use that anger and make a difference. Now is the time to join with other concerned citizens to be the change we want to see. Because if we don't make that change happen now, how can we ever expect it to happen in the future? This concept of using concern as the fuel for change really is the mission of concerned citizens. And I want to share one last clip of Ty speaking at the protests with you now. We lift our voice together on the things we agree on and you go out and you grab your concerned citizens for the other things you want to be concerned about. That is our power. That was another one of our asks, right? Was that you take what you see here, regular people, 19 to 20 something, just decided that we wanted to do something with our voices. Just decided that we don't want to wait until somebody gets killed next time to realize that we have this agency. We shouldn't have to be saying rest in peace or say her name or say his name to understand that we have these voices with our names right now, right now. And so our charge is to you guys to be concerned citizens, to be this group, to go out and to activate your cares in the places where you can make change. Call that city councilman, call that city councilwoman, talk to the mayor. The time is now for them to listen to us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Concerned Citizens on Instagram at ConcernedCitizensDC. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned in this episode, please reach out to me by email at lilymott00 at gmail.com or on Instagram at BeTheChangePodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.